I'm a psychoproctologist. I study assholes. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, so, yes, I'm. I'm. Uh, I think about it a lot. Uh, I think about uh, the crime that uh, that uh, that is able to portray itself as intelligent. Um, uh, you know, know it alls, all that sort of stuff. But no, I, I, I'm not. I'm not encountering that much of it. Gotcha. Myself personally, I deal. I deal mm-hmm. with some of it. Um, to give you an example, uh, my ex-girlfriend was stabbed to death by her son. Whoa! Uh, a week ago. I'm sorry. Um, uh, he had gone psychotic. That, but no, that's an exception. That is not the rule out here by any stretch. Um, up in the Berkeley Hills, but he had gone crazy. He had. He had um, I I knew the kid before uh, long before he was 18. At 18, he had a psychotic break. That's humans are dangerous beasts uh in many ways so um so i think about that a lot uh i work i work in that area that's one of the areas i work on i do origins of life research um what how like how language makes us different from other organisms um and i do psychoproctology that's a lot of what i do oh wow and what what is psychoproctology because like you defined it as studying assholes but like my first thought of when you said studying assholes was not human beings, like it was <laughs> a, a part of a human being. No, no. So, so it, uh, it's a light name for a serious subject. Uh, the subject being uh, studying absolutism of one sort or another. People who act like they've got it all figured out uh, when actually life is more confusing than that. Um, I came up with it as a light name for a serious subject because it's very dangerous to start to talk around about uh, who's yeah. the asshole? Um, so I needed a light name for a, this extremely sub, a dangerous subject. I mean, one of the things about assholes is they do talk like anybody on who's an asshole. And an asshole is anyone who disagrees with them. Um, mm. So, yeah, I wrote a book on it called What's Up With Assholes? How to Spot and Stop Them Without Becoming One. Um, and and I started with a, a, a fundamental question, which is, what is a butthead since it can't be just anybody who I happen to butt heads with? You know, it's not a sub... I'm, I'm looking for a more objective definition of uh, that that kind of behavior and why it would come naturally mm-hmm. to humans. So, I, yes, I do think of asshole as a human thing. I don't... There are... All animals are, are predators, of one sort or another. I mean, there there's a few abi, abi um, few isolated ori- origins of life organisms that aren't predators, that aren't parasites. In effect, living off of the 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 advantages of consuming others, but h- humans can do something beyond that. So that's uh, because we have language; <clears throat> we can rationalize um, becoming basically super. Oh wow! Predators. Yeah. So yeah, I started. So you're saying you, the way you also yeah, so, said so, it in the beginning was that made me think in a way that it's very related to the ego that assholes are know-it-alls or like they think that they know everything. Right. So it's an extreme version of ego. I I, I also why so one of the main things for me is that uh, language makes us an incredibly anxious mm. species. Um, far beyond any other other or other organisms anxieties because we can imagine all sorts of past and future <laughs> real and imaginary threats and missed opportunities 
that other can't even begin to think about. I mean, just just compare what you could worry about just before going to bed to what other organisms uh, could worry about. The variety of things that we can worry yeah. about. Um, we're anxious, and we're also really good at detaching ourselves or escaping our anxieties through through words. So we can imagine all sorts of religious, spiritual, atheistic, philosophical ideas that make it so we feel like we've seen the light or make it so we can act like we've seen the light and we know what's what. Um, and it's very satisfying to do that. So so snarkiness, gossip, um, schadenfreude, all sorts of you mm-hmm. know, laughing at other people would come very naturally to human beings. I call it sadonarcissism uh, at the extreme, that is, there's two ways to elevate yourself. One is to lift yourself up and the other is to put others down. So I think of that as all very natural behavior for human beings. And the, and so I'm not one of these guys who says you can eliminate the the ego. I think we, we'll, we'll all have ego till we die. Um, all organisms have ego in the mm-hmm. sense that they mm-hmm. are all selfish. They are all trying to figure out what to do to do. In their struggle for existence, we tend to prioritize ourselves and our and our own. So that's all that's all natural and universal. But what's different is we've got language and we can we can rationalize becoming super duper predators. So so yes, there would be that there would be that side to it. Yes. And uh, evolutionarily, how did do you explain that? Because you'd think that you know, if someone's an asshole, they're going to get wiped out, right? Because no one wants to be with them or be around them. They're ostracized. But um, you think, <laughs> you know, all kinds of negative traits would be faded out evolutionarily. No, yeah, so this 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 also comes up. This is, uh, um, we say crime doesn't pay. That's not true. Crime pays extremely <laughs> well um, if you can get away with it. So the so the it's more of an aspiration to say crime doesn't pay that crime shouldn't pay, but the other thing is that there's an awful lot of uh, I mean, if you get a choice between beating them and joining them, there's a usual, there's awful lot of attraction to joining them, uh, being basically uh, you know like like mm-hmm. the punk who's who 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 joins the joins the bully or whatever like that you know basically. Uh, that kind of that kind of behavior would be natural, and so yeah, you'd have a. It, it it's not like everybody doesn't want to be around them. I only wish that everybody didn't want to be around them. That's one of the interest. That's one of the focuses. If my work is on diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of assholery, then the treatment side of it is how to disappoint assholes. How to how to how to make it so it doesn't pay to be one. Uh, and this is completely independent of what one cla- what the asshole claims to believe. I don't use the word believe or think about what assholes. Different thing. It's closer to animal braying. Actually, it's a kind of a it's an animal territorial pissing more than anything else. Um, so it's not about what you claim to believe. It's about how you strut it. You know, you strut it like you like you got it all figured out. Like your like your job is to straighten out the world. Uh, so that would that's mm-hmm. that's close. In uh, your to findings, uh, Doctor, what works for you the most to deal with assholes? Because I'm pretty sure everyone has their own ways of dealing with assholes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the the thing about assholes is that they um, 
the technical term is frame dominance. They get to play the judge who decides what's right and wrong in an argument they're in the middle of. That is, they're just a they're just an advocate, but they play supreme judge. And no matter what you say, they can always top it with their authority. I call it Trump hiring. Uh, Trump is a great term because it's um, uh, it means <laughs> both bullshit, like trumped up, and it also means beats everything. So it's a it's just kind of a perfect name for it. And Trump hiring would be um, you can you can do whatever you want and whatever you do is always the best. And it would be a state that any organism would want if it knew how to get it. That is is perfect safety and perfect freedom. Uh, and so it's it is very hard to figure out how to humbly humble a, 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 a human who who will do or say anything to avoid humility. So it's a, it's a, it's a bigger challenge than we've noticed, especially because a lot of people still operate on know it all sense that they have found the universal mm -hmm. formula. The universal formula is to be nice to everyone and be receptive and be kind and all of that. Um, that kind of stunts your growth on figuring out, Oh, these are, these people are different from that. You have to have, you actually almost have to, reverse a lot of standard behavior you have to not listen to the content that they're delivering because they don't mean their content they don't actually mean what they're saying uh they're just saying it you know they're lying to pretty much yeah exactly so, yeah 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 so it's a it, it feels like you're playing three-dimensional <laughs> chess but that's just because they're only playing on the mm. up and down level that you're not used to that you're used to people uh, dealing on the ground level somehow with mm -hmm. reality. And these are people who have detached themselves completely from reality um, for that sensation as if they're God. Wow. You know, they, the omniscient, omnipotent, uh, omnipotent. Uh, so they, they're all good, all knowing, and all strong. And, com and complete hypocrites too. So mm -hmm. they've got that quality of God as well, is that they're one, they're unified. They're, uh, they're unified. The only thing that they are consistent in saying is that they're consistent. Otherwise, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so it's a kind of a, a, a meta hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy about their own hypocrisy. Um, so how do you deal with them? It's, mm -hmm. it, it's a really interesting challenge. Um, uh, there are a variety of things that I suggest. One of the main ones is uh, don't debate <laughs> them. They're just baiting okay. you taking the bait. So they're just masturbating to you, just taking the bait. So don't debate them. Call call them on mm. that instead. That is, you are exposing that they uh, they will say or do anything to keep from uh, having to admit that they don't know. So um, so if you call them on that, you're not as and if if you if you listen to their scolds and their moral authority. Um, you're actually enabling them. You're, they love that. Um, I think of them a lot like exhibitionists. Yes, Are definitely. we on, by the way? <laughs> Most definitely. Are we on? Good, <laughs> okay, good. Glad to hear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to waste my no, pearls No, this is great. Wisdom. No, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm dealing with assholes again. in my own life, so good, I definitely good. need to know uh, about all this. Uh, that's right, and they think <laughs> they are with you too. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking to Saeed earlier. Yeah. <laughs> right. Big faker here. <laughs> no, he was defending you. He, he's, I said that you didn't have half the brains of a donkey, and he said you did. 
Hey, half is not bad. The smartest professor between us two. Glass <laughs> half full. full. It's just, a, just a joke. Because we're not recording, <laughs> so I figured. <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely, you know, dealt with a lot of assholes in my life. And, yeah, I just don't want to become an asshole myself, you know, because I, I hate it. I think it's a horrible quality. Yeah. And so I'm always thinking about my own actions. Yeah, I got it. So then the, the, the question then the question becomes, how do you define them? And so in the book I wrote on the subject, I spent 200 pages just on the diagnosis. I mean, how do you actually figure out guys are? Because, I mean, who one is? Because it's not just someone you butt heads with. It can't be. That makes it completely subjective. That, me, that makes for the world we've got, which is asshole-on-asshole asshole <laughs> battle. You know, people thinking, this guy's an asshole. You know, so it's really hard to figure out what defines them. And it, no, it's not that they're aggressive. You can have very... It, that, mm. it has nothing to do with your style. You can be a very gentle asshole. Um, it's got nothing to do with what you claim to believe. It's not even got to do with what how many mistakes you make. I mean, it can it's correlated. It's not how, it's not got to do with how much power you've got. So all the standards ways we think of for defining an asshole um, don't quite work. So that's that's where this this the focus on absolutism comes in. I mean, so we a minute ago we we're talking about ego. Um, Ego tends to corrupt. It doesn't corrupt. Uh, absolute ego does corrupt. Absolutely. But other than that, we've got, I mean, it, it's, it's a fundamental question. I lie. Mm -hmm. I'm a hypocrite. I think this mm -hmm. is true of all humans. Sorry. I lie. I engage mm -hmm. in hypocrisy. So then the question becomes, if everybody lies, what distinguishes mm -hmm. a liar? You can't just be that someone lied to you once. People lie. Mm -hmm. People have to lie. To a large degree, we have to. We call it by other names that are much more uh, that, that are mm -hmm. positive. We call it white lies or tact or diplomacy. You know, one of the kind of fundamental dilemmas that we're all dealing with is uh, the trade-offs between honesty and kindness. Uh, they're both counted as virtues. You know, go, right. always be honest, always be kind. What do you do when you're mm -hmm. critical of someone and they will think you're unkind mm. for mentioning it? So we're wow. all dealing with that trade-off somehow. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a different approach. It is it, it's not a purist approach. A purist would say, well, just eliminate your ego, which is one of the easiest paths to ego and hypocrisy there is. It's the claim that you're selfless. No one is. That's just not that's not human. So anyway, some wow. of that. Uh <laughs> No, I love because you uh, reading um, one of your articles about like even the word hate, you know, like you can hate. Hate isn't a bad thing, but if you hate injustice, like you use an example, that's a good thing. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it really isn't the act itself, that's right. it's so the, the context necessarily. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're going to have to figure out a way to use all your tools, but in the right way. It's how it's done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah, so so uh early on in this research I I realized that most of the moral um principles we claim are uh, are actually hypocritical. So do not be judgmental is judgmental. Um or you shouldn't be judgmental is judgmental. Do not be negative. Um hate hate the be intolerant mm -hmm. of intolerance. Even the golden rule is actually a paradox. And so when you look at those things, so this thing like mm -hmm. abolish all hate, that is hate, hate, um, 
there are three responses. One is to double down and say, no, uh, it's kind of a virtue signaling. I, I call it fundamentalist cynicism, uh, a fundamentalist hi- hypocrisy. The other is to say, ah, it's, it's, it, it's self-contradicting. It's a hypocritical statement to hate, hate. Therefore, it's all BS, which is mm-hmm. cynical hypocrisy. And I'm an <laughs> ironist. An ironist says, no, this, the dilemmas are real. You're going to be dealing with them all lifelong. The question then is what to hate, what to be intolerant of. You know, if be intolerant of intolerance is, is hypocritical, then what to be intolerant is the question. Uh, what, to, what to tolerate and not tolerate is the question. And we're dealing with it all lifelong. So, uh, and the hate one is especially interesting because l- love and hate, they're always relative. The more you love, the more you like something, the less you like other things in comparison to it. Um, if you love equality, you hate inequality, and you shouldn't mince words about it. Um, but people do tend to hint, mince words about it. So I don't think you can actually have love without hate. Right. I, that is, if I love my kids, I'd right. hate to have them hurt. Right. So, yeah. So all of that is really interesting to me, and so a lot of my work is. It, it, Basically, the opposite of an asshole is a fallibilist or a, or an ironist. Fallibilist is someone who recognizes that they're that they're guessing. Um, that my motto for fallibilists, a fallibilist, it's a it's a term in philosophy mm-hmm. that we professors. Know, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you and I, we have because we I'm have a that down. Um, <laughs> it, the motto is: no, no matter how confident I am in a bet. I remain still more confident mm-hmm. that it is a bet. That's all we ever get is bets. We get to guess. We get to make educated guesses. So so this is one of the challenges I deal with when I'm dealing with an asshole, someone I think is an asshole, is that it's a bet. Could be I could be wrong. I've been wrong in both directions. I, I, I have guessed that someone is a decent person when, in fact, they're an asshole, and vice versa. I've, I've guessed that someone's an asshole when they're actually a decent person. You try to minimize those errors, mm-hmm. But it's guesswork. And so there's and no, do you think? Go, yeah, go ahead, Adi. Do you think people can change? Like, if someone's a pathological liar, and your, in your experience, do people change? Like, if, if someone is a narcissist or, um, you know, a hypocrite, can they become not an asshole? Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's that's a that's a really interesting one. So one of the problems I have to deal with in this book is that uh, there's a there's a lot of school that, of thought that say uh, don't don't call anyone an asshole, mm-hmm. don't call people names. Now, don't be a name caller is another <laughs> one of those hypocritical rules. That is, to call someone a name mm-hmm. caller is name calling, as is saying that someone's a nice person. So. Um, but the the term asshole is condemnatory. It it, it makes it sound like the ca- the person is this the way that they are alive. Let's say that is that as long as they're alive, they will be this thing. It it sounds permanent. The funny thing is that the irony there is that 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 uh, assholes don't want to change. Point that is, and it's really hard to change when you're an asshole. That's once once you've dug yourself into the hole of claiming to be the authority on things. And once you've done nasty things to people because you, um, because you, you, because you think you're the authority or you act like you're the authority, it's very hard to give that up. You're way out on a limb 
and to suddenly admit after doing all sorts of awful things that you've been wrong would be a that's that that's cold turkeying off of a very strong addiction. Um, and yet I do believe they can change. The paradox then is that I think they can change and they don't. So mm-hmm. they're the ones who act assholes are the ones who actually mm. don't think they have mm-hmm. to or can change. And I'm saying, no, they can. So you, you, another popular statement, I, sh- I haven't turned this into a, hypo- a hypocritical statement, but I'm sure you can. Um, oh yeah, it's easy. Uh, let me change your mind. People can't, you can't change people. Let me change your mind. You can't change people. So you, you, you hear out here, at least in Berkeley, you'll hear people say, uh, you can't change people. And my, my belief is, yeah, I'll buy that as long as, uh, as you buy its opposite, which is you can't help but change people. That is the influence of other people does have, you know, it's not direct. I, uh, I call it robo-envy, the assumption that we could simply reprogram someone. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of that in self-help books. You know, just decide to be different in some way, and, and that'll like you're reprogramming <laughs> a machine. Yeah. No, we're way harder Oof. to change than that. Our, we're talking about changing habits, <laughs> about people who are stuck in a groove that we think is a rut, and we're going to try and change them. No, you can't change them automatically just like, like, like adjusting the, the software code. Um, but I do think that it's possible for for them to change. So how, how, so the other thing you often hear about assholes is never fight with a pig. You'll just get dirty <laughs> when the pig likes it. Um, uh, which is a great line, but it's also a dig at uh, – it's also in its own way hypocritical yes. since it's a dig. You say it to an asshole to try to change them. So, um, I mean, it's part, those are fighting words in a way. Um, but my perspective is, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you got to fight them. And, and, uh, so, so a lot of my work is on verbal combat as an, as an alternative to violence, to physical violence. And, and I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of hippie friends I'm in Berkeley. and cause I lived on the world's largest hippie commune for seven years. I got a lot of, I got a lot of, uh, friends who, who, um, uh, right. who just say walk away. And I say, no, actually, you need, and that verbal, verbal, verbal combat is, is wrong. And I'm saying, no, verbal combat is our stopgap. If we don't get better at it, um, we are not going to yeah. make it as a society. Need, you need to be able right, to do that Jeremy, can of I violence. present you with a quick scenario that happened to me when last week I was going to the gas station and <laughs> there was a spot. You, you you can you can't no 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 can't I was be going to the Saeed. gas station. There was a spot <laughs> open. Nice. I park there. You know I'm going to fill up my gas, and then this other guy comes in. He's like, actually, this is my spot. And I was like, oh, but I'm here. I mean, he was like, no, this is my spot. I always park here. This is where I fill up on gas. And he seemed really hostile. I was like, okay. And so I just drove to the next spot. You know, <laughs> exactly. So how am I supposed to deal with right. it? Right. Yes, right. Well, so this is one of the challenges. That if every, so someone talks like that, like, and that would be a, an example of frame dominance. The guy comes in and he's going <laughs> to umpire on his own behalf. He's going to decide who the, win, who the winner and the loser is, and he's decided he's the winner. Um, and he may mm-hmm. have been doing this to taunt you. And your response is completely natural, and uh, and I I would have done the same. 
not not if I was <laughs> yeah, there right? <laughs> take him down like you because <laughs> you could you could thug him out. He should have been he should have been threatened just exactly. by the white white blouse. <laughs> um, but uh, but when you get enough people doing that, then you end mm-hmm. up with an autocrat, so you, you you know, a dictator. Um, you know, uh, I an asshole. Um, I, I think he's the quintessential <laughs> asshole. There's no one would actually believe at this point that he that he actually stands for anything or cares about anything beyond himself. So, but and it doesn't matter whether you agree with that or not. But 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 what he's done, it is exactly that mm-hmm. gas station behavior. And the problem is that enough people have succumbed to him that he's. Uh... So we can hope in it. Where are you Los guys? Los Angeles here. You're located where? That. Ah, uh, that's right. Okay, so so um, yes, yeah, so so we hope that the law will catch <laughs> up with him because we hope that society we hope that society is strong enough uh, mm-hmm. that crime doesn't pay. But that's that's a, that requires a whole lot of human effort. Um, it's the kind of thing that we're dealing with these days in spades is that there's kind of an asshole epidemic going on. There's a whole lot of people feel entitled to talk like that. Um, but, but obviously there are situations like the one you describe, um, where if you're safe enough, um, you can, you can challenge a guy like that. And mostly I find it useful to ridicule Mm. them, um, uh, uh, if you mm-hmm. that is irony, employed irony is 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 a mm-hmm. useful tool too. So it would be hard to say. Here's a guy. Look at this guy. I mean, it's great. It, it's easier to do verbal combat with an asshole when you've got an <laughs> audience. Uh, so if you could say to him, "Oh, look at this guy. He 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 he, he thinks he's God. <laughs> he 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 can pretend. He pretends he's he, you know that sort of thing." But um, not in this case. In this case, maybe what you can do is parody him by taking what he says to the extreme, which is, uh, you know, you could you, you could make fun of him and say, uh, you seem to be authority on everything. I, I defer to you. You guess you can have a uh, space. There are also some potholes in the road up the head. I hope you're going to take care of them. I mean, I don't know. I'm making this up on the spot and I have to. But but at least thinking about the question, which is what do you actually say to a guy like this to disappoint him, to basically show him mm-hmm. that he's masturbating, um, uh, and I and I believe in masturbation. I, I believe self love is important. But get a room. <laughs> so you can't. The, you, <laughs> the, the jerking off in public is a different thing, and that's basically what he's doing, right? So so. Um, that's that's my take on it and yeah i think a lot of people Uh just haven't even thought of this they're just kind of hoping for a society where everybody's nice because crime doesn't pay because i don't know god's watching or whatever no that's not it's only us and we better and we have to uh uh, defense against assholery and we have to we have to uh be able to rotate our turret that is we have to point it at whatever direction it's coming from However, it's disguised. Whether it's right wing, left wing, I have Buddhist friends who are assholes. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's all. They're not outright assholes, but they're they engage in the same behaviors as Donald Trump. It's not about what you claim to believe. It's about how you strut it. So, um, yeah. So, the, 
yeah and and and, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a particular kind of asshole that's interesting to me which is the the, the asshole without a uh, without a cause mm-hmm. other than cause I said so so that's a that's a that's an asshole who doesn't claim to have a banner isn't wearing some tribal jer- uh, jersey of one sort or another they're just they just have decided that they're God and they're going to defend themselves to the bend and end. Mm-hmm. That may be closer to what this guy is. This guy may also have mm-hmm. been, uh, yes, I'm assuming it's a gentleman. guy, not, uh, not, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, women almost never do that thing at the gas station. I mean, it's been <laughs> done, but it's, it's rare. But, uh, um, yeah. So who knows? The guy might've had a, a, a major chip on his shoulder. Maybe he's been abused all his lives. This is another related question, which empathy. is I have sympathy, I have empathy and compassion for a guy like mm-hmm. that. I don't have sympathy. That is, you need a clutch pedal between your 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 understanding of someone and your charity for someone. So at the extreme, I'd want to be able to make Hitler's case to him in a way that he says, damn, you really understand me, and then slit his throat in cold blood. Just because I understand him doesn't mean that I uh, that I that I owe him something. We can't we can't accommodation comes at a huge cost. That's the definition of accommodation. So we have to and we can't accommodate everybody. So you have to be selective about who you actually accommodate. But I don't think you have to be as selective about who you try to understand. Uh, so I can understand I could understand and feel empathy. I can imagine. Myself being in this asshole's shoes, I can remember that when they were my shoes. For example, I I have seen myself act in extremely territorial ways about (laughs) parking spaces. It's kind of amazing. How how much I become this uh <laughs> this alpha male when I'm competing for a parking space. It's kind of funny. Um, uh, so I no, I can put myself in his shoes, not yeah. to the same degree as him. I wouldn't actually have said that. Um uh yeah, I I apologize on behalf of predators all over for <laughs> what this man did, <laughs> you know, to you. It was so unkind. But um yeah, so I, so I can do all of that and still say no. I'm not going to accommodate you. No, that's, that's fair. Uh, and I know, think yeah. that's where uh, like that uh, humor comes in a bit too, right? I'm curious a bit, Jeremy, about like what is why do we exactly. have humor and comedy? How does that make sense evolutionary for us? Like we have language, but when did we learn to do irony and punchlines? Let me see if I've got it around here. So the heart of my work is recursion. Recursion is is when you when the output of a system become to it. Einstein was once asked what was the most amazing phenomena in the universe, and he wow. said compound interest. Compound wow. interest is recursion. There are and it and it takes various forms, but one of the forms is things being folded back in on themselves and 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 when it comes back in, it counters what the direction of the thing in the, the first place. So I actually see recursion at the origins of life, and I'm, you know, th- that's the backdrop for all my work. Is I'm I'm trying to figure out what we are, not starting with humans and not starting with impressions of things. I'm trying to understand what selves and trying are, and how they could ever have emerged from chemistry in the first place. And they so I think they emerge by recursion. Um, uh, uh, I could explain that. That's a whole other thing. But the, but humor is all about recursion too. 
it's it's where uh, you look at the variety of humor. It is the amusement of seeing something flip back on itself. Here's an exact. Here's a way to think about it. Uh, what are ironic situations? Ironic situations are when you do the right thing and it comes out wrong, or you do the wrong thing and it comes right. out right. That's what we mean by them. And um, that stuff is, uh, it's terrifying for life. That is, I could make the move and die. And it, that matters to me. It's also <laughs> slapstick. It's also, it, it's exactly the definition of slapstick. It's, it's like slipping on a banana peel. You did the right thing if there weren't a banana peel down there. But because there's a banana peel down there, it's exactly the wrong thing. And you fall over backwards and you could die from cracking your head open. But it's <laughs> so so I think that I think that irony and recursion and all of that is built into the situation. And one thing about language is it makes recursion very easy to mark. So I can say hypocritical things, and they're very funny. So if I say be intolerant of intolerance, yeah, that's actually funny. <laughs> I mean, I could say it in a more amusing way, but if you if you if you track comedy and I study comedy closely, uh, for two reasons: one is I'm a student of it, and the other is I love it. Um, almost all of it is that kind of uh, mm -hmm. flipped back on itself. Someone saying something. Um, I mean, it's early in the morning, so I'm not remembering any any great examples of this, but uh, it's. Here's an ex here's an example that was an early mantra for me in my work. No matter how hard I chase the truth, <laughs> it will never catch yeah. me. Okay, and my my dad used to say he was kind of a he was an ironic guy. He'd say, "I haven't lived my life in vain for nothing." Okay, so this is that's that's irony. That's like M.C. Escher. He used to call them Escherisms. It's where you flip something back on itself. I think that. I think that life is is yeah, fundamentally is. ironic, um, which means that I'm dead serious about it, and I'm and it's also it's it's just that's the nature. So you said of you're it. also a student of comedy. So uh, yeah, how are you? Uh, like, what exactly are you studying in comedy? Well, okay. well I watch a lot of it, um, but on top of that, I read books about it, um, uh, and. Uh, you know, court jesters, mm -hmm. the history of court jesters. I think of them kind of like as the uh, the canary in the coal mine. When a when a leader cannot tolerate a court jester, that's the beginning of uh, dictatorship, tyranny, all of that. So, um, yeah. So 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 I read about it, um, and and you could say I you could say I kind of meditate on it. It's with me all the time. Um, I practice it a lot. That is, I'm interested in in that kind of humor. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've teased <laughs> both of you a little bit today, um, and uh, and to me, it's the greatest form of intimacy. Is the greatest form of intimacy is not sex. Sex is a bizarre <laughs> rit uh, ritual. That's that. I mean, it's it, it, when you when you step back from it, as I did at, at about sixty. Um, uh, I I just think it, it's it's. It's not that intimate. It's a strange. It's a strange combination of things, but I to be able to laugh at and with each other, to laugh at and with each other, wow, is the height of intimacy. It's why I actually find stand-up comedy shows to be the best 
you could say spiritual, I don't use the word much, but spiritual congregation you can get. It's playing wow. at each other with each team? other. It's uh, and and that's what that's what I try to achieve in 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 my is it just people in maybe, my friendships um, is laughing at themselves and then sharing their own traumas and then relating to each other on that exactly exactly that's what that's what it is is that it's to recognize uh, this yeah. cluster flux we're all in. What a, you know, how, how it's the opposite of acting like your God who's figured it all out. It's that self effacing so irony, self effacing humor, which is, yeah, which is there in my dad's quote. It's there in what I just said about no matter how hard I chase the truth, it'll never catch me. All of that stuff is getting at, um, is getting at, <laughs> you know, we're dropped down into this planet. We have no idea who we yeah. are or what this is. Uh, we got to figure it out. We got all these distracting voices telling us what's what when we're growing up. We're trying to figure out who we are while we're while we're changing rapidly. You know, as as young people and adolescents, we have no idea. And then at some point, we got to act like we've actually got it all figured out. It's 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 comedy. Right. It just is. It's a tragic comedy. Life is a tragic comedy. That's the, and um, and once you get used to that, you can actually have a decent time and you can you can connect with people. My best. My best idea of fun these days, and actually intimacy, yeah. is like what we're doing. It's it's, it's guys <laughs> sitting on a porch, it's people sitting on a porch, speculating about what wow. this all is and who we are in it. I just it's think that's a, that's a great thing to do with ourselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. you <know? laughs> do you think that um, humor helps with decision making as well? So I'm, I'm having a little trouble hearing. Humor you. Can you get a little? Has an influence on decision making, like. So when you want to make, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. Yes, yes. Because you need a certain kind of flexibility um, in decision making. Uh, so one way I think about it, I think I can make this connection. Um, I call it the spin doctor's Hippocr Hippocratic okay. Oath. Um, when you're deciding, you need the power of neutral thinking. And one of the ways to get the power of neutral thinking is to uh, to be self-countering. Uh, uh, that is, you you believe really strongly one thing, you believe really strongly its opposite thing, and you you that's one way to kind of neutralize to in when you're deciding. But when you're decided, you have to spin it hard. So when you're deciding, unspin, and or counterspin as a way of deciding. Um, and uh, when you're decided, when you've made a decision, you've you've got to you've yeah. got to spin it hard. You've got to sell it uh, to yourself and others. Uh, the alternation between those two opposite behaviors—they call for opposite behavior—is um, hard. You have to figure out when to reconsider a decision you've made. For example, you you're, 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 you you know you've decided on your path, and then you decide. Well, when do you decide to rethink it? Uh, but yes, humor would be a big part of deciding, and um, and when I've done business consulting, that's that's one of the things I bring to it. Is uh, you know I'll point out, wait, wait, dude, you just you came up with a proposal, you got yourself all enthusiastic about it. Um, you got to remember that it's a it's a proposal. It's you 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 haven't bought it yet at, at Eli Lilly, the pharmaceutical company where I did consulting for a while. They called me the custodian <laughs> of confusion. 
which I love. It meant that I, I was a guy who said to him, dude, I mean, I actually used this example. I said, dude, it's like you're a guy who, who goes into a clothes shop, tries on a pair of pants, and decides he <laughs> must buy them because they're on them. You're just trying them out. It's just a proposal. You know, stop. Think about, you know, think about the alternative. You're still deciding. You haven't decided yet. Being decided feels much more comfortable right. than being than deciding. We hate doubt. Yeah. Doubt is not fun. Uh, resolution, and this is this is the uh, this is the appeal to an asshole is that they they want to they uh -huh. love a pat answer. Um, it and and so so alternating between these two requires some humor. Um, a classic example of that kind of humor is that's that's yeah. my story <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. Notice how that thing sits there. That's my story is pointing at it from outside of it. And I'm sticking to it is, is jumping back into the decision. <laughs> that kind of exposes this alternation between being something yeah. and standing outside and seeing yourself yeah. being something. You know, so yeah, all that's related to it. Was and the humor a is a big part of, of it. Dealing with assholes, but not in the way that you mentioned it. More of like in the way where... If someone is trying to be an asshole or is maybe bullying someone else, I try to make them a bit more friendlier or like maybe I befriend them in a way where I use humor in a sense that either I'll be a bit assertive on uh, like in our conversation with a twist of humor in it. And yep. once I get them to laugh, it's done. I know I've broken the, their, their walls down. Yeah. So, yes, yes. So I, I have this buddy who was, um, who's a very new age. He's a college buddy. We've been, we've been friends for years. Um, uh, and he would get on his high horse <laughs> about spiritual matters and, and, uh, and tell me, and, and it finally came down to me just shaking him and saying, just wink at me every once in a while. Just wink, please wink. Let me know that you know you are, you know, blowing smoke. You know, so there, uh, you know, and, and with him, I would play, I would play the goofball a lot. I, you know, that's one of the roles I like to play. Yeah. It's kind of like court jester to a friend. It is related to what you're talking about. It's what I just described yeah. was a little more confrontational. It had gotten to that point. I, that is, I had tried and. I had to try to tease him into a state of irony often. And yes, this is an example of someone when I finally confronted him. This is after <laughs> years of dealing with him going on these um, uh, 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 these kind of these tunnel vision reveries. He would he would he would start to tell me about what the cosmos wants and you know the higher power and all this stuff. And he would completely forget his audience. It was it was so funny because I mean the irony of it was he was he would go on these long rants about um, uh, being present and completely lose touch with the fact that I didn't yeah. want to hear it anymore. I'd heard it and they're done there before. So at some point it got, it, uh, that is I escalated to the point where he got it and now he winks. And every time he does, I thank him and I wink right back. That is, I, I pose as the authority who judged him as, as, as saved. Yeah. But I'm doing that self-mockingly. So, yeah, that does relate to what yeah. you're talking about. It's a very useful bit yeah, of verbal combat. It's to lighten things up that way. When you want to speak to people in general, it's not is to say something and not necessarily explain yourself. Just say it as it is, which is most probably 
like it is your opinion you know say what's on your mind and then leave it there so people will have a reaction initially to what you say and they'll think about it and then they might want a bit more or they're just and you might doubt yourself if they actually understood you just leave it be and let them absorb the, the information sometimes it'll take them more time to actually understand what you said and you don't actually have to explain yeah, yourself so unless maybe they ask questions but even then it's not necessary got it so the, there are two there are two things in there one is it's very useful to, when you offer reasons or what we call warrants rationales for why you have decided something yeah. you are inviting debate and sometimes you don't want to invite debate. So this is this will come up most when you're dealing with kids. Um, if you say, uh, don't do this, and then you give them reasons, you're basically inviting debate. So that's one side of it. Um, uh, and there are lots of places where I would do what you're talking about. But it's almost a, the definition of being unreasonable. <laughs> that is, you're not supplying reasons. It's, it comes <laughs> down to because I said so. On the other hand, it's extremely dangerous. It's actually, so, so I have a rule that I try to apply for myself. If I'm talking about something that everybody agrees with, I don't have to put on a subjective caveat. I don't, I don't have to say, I believe it's raining out. But if I am saying anything that's, uh, that's controversial, I have to put a subjective caveat on it. That is, I cannot say, stop being defensive. Because those, that's actually a, that's a, yeah, right. That, it's my opinion that they're being defensive. I have to say, I suspect you're being defensive. Now, when I'm dealing with an asshole, I flip that. No, I don't get, I, if they are going to talk like <laughs> they are God's eyes on the universe, as if they've got the view from nowhere, as if they bring no bias or interpretive distortions to it, then I, if they're going to talk like that, I'm going to talk like that back at them. I'm going to talk at, the, I'm going to say, you're an asshole um, or something like that. That is, I don't have to put the caveat on it if they don't put the caveat on it. But uh, I do have to remember that it's a bet. So I don't have to, I don't have to. So, so you know, imagine this one tool. Remember I said, uh, don't debate <laughs> right them. They're just baiting to you taking the bait. Okay. Well, so that would mean that in a situation, Dealing with someone who's like that, I don't have to explain yeah. why I think they're an asshole, but I do have to remember that it's my guess, or else I become an asshole. Yeah, I, I become the guy who's umpiring. I, I'm trumpiring and saying, "Okay, I, 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 I see what's going on between you're an asshole." That's that's. Uh, I have to know that that's bogus. That I'm not. That I don't have the. I don't have the independent perspective either. You know the, um, the authoritative perspective. Jeremy. So yeah, various. What about are, um? Uh, what can we do yeah, in schools that? that might try to avoid assholes from the get go, from the beginning? Like was is teaching them humor or something in schools? Um, yeah. yeah, a way to destroy it. Yeah. So this is. Yeah. The, yeah, so th this is the, <laughs> I would say this is a tragedy of education, is that this is the job, this is job, job number one in a society, is to make it so folks don't yeah. grow up to be assholes. Um, 
How you do that is really challenging, but the problem is that schools don't even hardly recognize that that's a that, that that's an issue. Now we talk about how you need in schools you need more teaching and critical thinking, but critical thinking is itself a complicated area in ways that Socrates recognized. He said the problem with teaching logic is is that then <laughs> any asshole he didn't use the term. And then any asshole will use it to defend whatever they think uh, and attack anybody who disagrees with them. And now, we, in psychology, we talk about smart idiots. There are people who are who are basically assholes. That is, they're not learning. They they identify not as learners but as learned, and they use all yeah. the fancy tricks of critical thinking. Um, so this is the this is I, I keep on encountering this one you know because I have to I have to do <laughs> battle with assholes to practice this stuff and so or I have to I have to I have to find ways of dealing with trolls and one of the most fascinating things about the Trump trolls is it was beautifully exemplified by one who I encountered who right out of the box said um, I'm a critical thinker he said okay we're we're, gonna, we're having a conversation but I'm a critical thinker and. Um, I asked him, I said, I have a PhD in, in epistemology. I would never say that I'm a critical thinker uh, as if that's a badge of honor. Um, uh, why are you a critical thinker? And he said, you got to believe me because if I took a lie detector test, um, I, I would pass it. I said, there's a huge difference between honesty and truth. They're not the same thing. <laughs> you can honestly believe total bullshit. You know, that, that lots of people do. So it's a, so he didn't get anywhere with it. But but I think what happened was that his evangelical <laughs> church had told him that he was a critical thinker. And basically what people do is that, um, that uh, it's like, I don't know what the word means. I just care if it sounds good. I'm just trying to wear whatever merit badges the cool kids are wearing. That's all. I, I, you know, so am I, do I have integrity? Yeah. Why? Because it sounds good. That's all. Um, you know, it, I, I'll have whatever they're having. You know, am I Christian? Yeah, I'm Christian because uh, my friends some points. So it, this, this happens over and over. And, and if you're, I call it the duck and tuck. You, you, you duck anything that sounds negative. Yeah. You tuck yourself anything that sounds positive. It's all just claims by feel, um, and it's a it's a major distortion. It, it's it's how people become. Yeah, I mean this is the this is right. the issue with asshole. Asshole just sounds bad. In my book, I my call my book <laughs> advanced psychoproctology for beginners. Why is it? Why are they beginners? Because they use the word asshole. But I bet in their entire life they've never stopped to wonder. Yeah. Okay, how do you actually distinguish an asshole? What actually distinguishes them other than that you don't like them? So right. Um, but back to education. Yes, it's a it's a big issue, and to some extent, it's sidelined in education. And as a result, we end up with classrooms that can't even get to the other stuff because kids are trying out <laughs> different versions of being an asshole, um, and 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 it becomes di very difficult to deal with it. We don't have a society that prioritizes the verbal combat necessary for dealing with the human yeah. tendency to want to play God. And, and and once again, it's not a religious thing. The religion makes it really easy, so does spirituality, almost exactly the same. <laughs> one has a white beard on God and the other one doesn't. But but you could be an you can be an asshole and yeah. 
for anything or for nothing. That's the interesting thing. And it's just a real strong that, temptation that for, for, for humans. Figuring out what their purpose in life is. And maybe because of their confusion in life, they kind of take it off on others. Yes. So yes, yes and no. So um, you can you can think of it all as the the economics of doubt. Um, who has who has the burden of doubt and who has who doesn't? And a standard move for any of us would be to offload doubt onto other people. So <laughs> everyday gaslighting is fascinating to me. That is, if I that is, we all have to gaslight to some extent. If I want to persuade Ali. Uh, uh, of something, then I am going <laughs> yeah. to cast doubt on his perspective, and um, and and, and I and well, I should because yes, exactly. pretend he's a professor. <laughs> but anyway, no, but that's right. But um, so so there is going to be a lot of that casting yeah. doubt on other people, and it's a great way to offload it from yourself. So that's what a, that's what an asshole is doing. Um, people sometimes say, uh, yeah, I worry about whether I'm an asshole. And my response is, if you worry about whether you're an asshole, you're probably not because assholes have figured out a way to not worry about it or to, to alternate between saying, moi, I would never be an (laughs) asshole. I've got integrity. I'm a critical thinker. And to say, yeah, I'm an ass ass, you know? So they alternate between the two positions about it, but both of them are ways of deflecting it. Uh, that is, I feel I don't feel cognitive dissonance when I say, "Yeah, I'm an asshole." That's what makes me smart, and I don't feel cognitive dissonance when I say, "Me, I'm not an asshole. Other people are assholes." So it is interesting how mm. they avoid doubt, how they offload it onto other people. anybody who anybody who ever challenges an asshole is uh, is wrongheaded, stupid, evil, whatever. And therefore, they should rethink their themselves. They should check themselves before they wreck themselves. I shouldn't. I'm the authority on that. The umpire you doesn't have to nice feel doubt. Out there, like, why not? Well, this is <laughs> this is the challenge. It's much easier for me to to spot the assholes who disagree yeah. with me than the ones who agree with me. This would this would be a, a this is a human problem. That is someone who is emphatic, someone who is self certain about something I resonate with, um, is going to be a harder for me to spot than someone who, mm-hmm. than someone who completely disagrees with me. Is I'll notice the I'll notice the buttheads who butt heads with me more than I'll notice the buttheads who agree with me. Um, are there actually nice assholes? No, but this is a challenge because remember I'm I'm talking about people who act with uh they act like yeah. they're not betting that they're not guessing uh okay well when you think about some of our heroic leaders um many right. of them self-certainty is if you're trying to right wrongs in this world you are going to have to act you're gonna have to dig in your heels you're gonna have to push back so uh you're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to defend yourself so when but Technically, are there any good assholes, like nice assholes? Well, actually, there's two ways of thinking about this question. One is, are there assholes whose style is niceness? Hell yes. Hell yes. Lots of them. It's got nothing to do with whether you 
use a, a, a loud, bold voice or flex your muscles. Um, I had to coin the term intimidation for the feminine, open-hearted, open-minded mm. asshole. Uh, the, it's basically a bully who does it with <laughs> softness. Love bombing would be an example of this. Um, someone who, when you say, we've got to do this, I think we should do this. They say, well, no, we should be more open-minded and, and we, shouldn't, we shouldn't make any commitments. That <laughs> yeah. can become a form of bullying, too. Um, I have a loud bass voice. Um, women have an, often called me on that as if that's the only sign of an asshole and i realized no and some of these women were like <laughs> treacherous from my perspective that is they they were they were thugs Back on the they just didn't act like and um and we've got some in this kind in this election coming up i mean i i think of uh mike pence as a uh as a uh, a kinder gentler fascist uh that is you know his his style is all sweetness and light no he's a total asshole <laughs> Perspective. Do you think From Trump is an asshole? Once again, I have to caveat it. I, I did an interview with an interesting guy. It was a podcast interview. It was very funny. Um, with a guy who was very highly placed through his wife. Um, and I had been to a conference. Uh, I had been to a, a party. It was way out of my league, but it was a bunch of high, high prestige people, including the top lawyer for Google and all. This was, this was the husband of one of them. And uh, he took me to task for... Uh, me thinking there were assholes. He was kind of a prude this way. And he, then we did an interview, and, and the, he wanted to start out by saying, so you think that D Mike Pence is an asshole? And I said, yeah, but uh, but I, I could explain why. I think he's, oh, so you think all Christians are assholes? What? Dude, that's not how it works. Right. That's right. It's, that's not how it works. It's, it's basic laws of law. That sounds like but, a, you know, an, an asshole anyway, he was of trying to catch me up. to be honest. It's like just... When they try to bait you into that, those kind of uh, situations. Yeah, no, of course you can. Right, and and so they're they're right. They should be able to ask challenging questions. But these are people who are not trying to ask challenging questions mm. uh, because they're curious. They're right. not learning. They're they're umpiring. So, and this is this is a brand of news reporting that isn't news reporting. I mean, when you think about what. OAN right. uh, or Fox 100%. News does. This is all they do. And it's and it's really satisfying. This is what I got to get at. <laughs> I call it scornography. It's the it's the pornography of scorn. That is it's sadonarcissistic. Nothing will make you feel more confident than laughing at the fools out there who don't agree with you. And it, you just get long nights of this kind of circle jerk. Um, activity. These are people just basically <laughs> masturbating to their own authority, and it's got nothing to do with content. And 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 it's fucking yeah. fun. It's fun. We all like it. <laughs> but get a room. <laughs> do it in sports. Right. Do it in do it in other areas. You know, uh, don't do it in politics. We actually wow. need to run this place. Is basically how I think of it. You know, we've got we've got jobs to do. Don't don't turn this into your vanity project. Don't turn you know running um, the world like into a vanity one project question, if you, Adi, help if you don't mind. Get a room. One. Yeah. Um, going back to the topic about bullying and uh, in like yeah, bullying in schools. So the UK passed a law recently about banning mobile phones in schools completely. Mm. 
and they said it attributes to uh, yes. being uh, like distracting kids from school and at the same time bullying. So I wanted to catch your opinion on that and like what is the process of that policy making there, like the decision making done by the government on this situation? Well, so so I have this master's degree in public policy, which really sobered me up about the challenges of, of making law. Before <laughs> that, I really thought I had to figure it all out. And no, it's really complicated. Um, no, it's, it, it, I, was a, I was a political activist for, for 20 years. Yeah. I'd got a degree in political activism that was basically, it capped my career. It's that I thought, oh, wow, this stuff is hard. Um, one of the big challenges in lawmaking is um, uh, that the more fine-tuned a law, the harder it is to enforce, the more expensive it is. So, for example, if you have laws that that... It's much easier to have a law that bans phones from the classroom than, mm. it, than to have a law that bans them except under these conditions, under these conditions. It requires yeah. more vigilance, it's, and, and it's more costly and harder to enforce. So um, I understand, because I've been a teacher, the challenges of this, and I, under, and I also think that this relates directly to what we are just talking about. That's one of the things that kids will do when they are on their phone is enjoy scornography. It takes two forms. One is... The glory of people like me. So a lot of memes are just that kind of self elevation. Mm -hmm. It's basically virtue signaling or grandstanding. You know, you you like something and it proves that you're a good person and and gives you a little mojo boost. The other part is to is the down. So I I call this up dunking. Mm -hmm. That is, you dunk other people to lift yourself up. At the extreme, it's sado narcissism. It's 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 where everybody's wrong who's not me. Um, and and the and you could say the the sacred texts are full of this. That is, you know, and it, it doesn't. You don't have to before the sacred texts. I yeah, happen to be mm -hmm. reading uh, Homer's Odyssey right now. Okay, it's everybody doing the same yeah. same behaviors. They're all slaughtering and fighting and all this. But but side is completely virtuous, and anybody who's against him is completely viceful. So mm -hmm. the sacred texts have that about them too. So this is an old temptation of ours. But it's really amplified through uh, social media and, and these guys. Uh, because if, if you're looking for hits on social you'll do far yeah. better than the kind of stuff I, I talk about by simply playing mm -hmm. into the, the, that yeah. updunking satisfaction, the scornography. So that's a real challenge we're facing these days is that we got these new medias in which you can learn it. And so kids are, you could say, learning... Mm -hmm how to be assholes yeah. much faster than they're it's being countered. In the meantime, we're dealing with this outdated system of education. Uh, the chalkboard and, and, and lecturer thing uh, <laughs> was, was developed, you know, 3000 years ago or something like that. Uh, so, um, and, and in the meantime, the social media is, is far more education than people are getting from school. That is in terms of sheer hours of exposure and production values, no contest. It's just more fun. Uh, yeah. And so, it, it, which is just fascinating to watch all around. I mean, the sacred texts as something to te to learn from, their production values aren't nearly right. as good as yeah. Marvel comic movies. And so I'm, uh, so I'm glad we've got morality tales that are taking the form of Marvel comics. I also <laughs> like that they're kind of polytheistic in that you got multiple heroes. Um, and that they're also dealing with the foibles. That is, so Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite of these kind of morality tales because these are really human 
They, they are, they're, or, yeah, or yeah. Deadpool. These things are, these are full of where the guy is making mistakes. So I actually think that we're heading in a decent direction that way. And there's far more, but, but how to deal with this in schools is a challenge. And it also has to do mm -hmm. with this, yeah. this other fundamental challenge, which is with language, we can achieve lift from reality. Not in reality, we're still stuck in reality, but we can imagine infinite wisdom, infinite goodness, infinite oh, heroism, wow. all of this stuff with language. And then the more you add levels of what you what we would call technically displacement to it, we end up being a creature that can dissociate from reality better and better. So if I were to make a prediction about what will make us go extinct as a species, it's basically a dissociation death spiral. Reality gets bad. We check out into our fantasies becoming legends of our own mind, neglecting reality, which gets worse, which makes us want to escape it more and more. And we just spin out. That would be what would, that's likely to, not, I would say that is likely to have happened to intelligent species throughout the universe many times. That is, language is, there's, there's no reason to assume that language um, is is survivable. Language enables a, a kind of dissociation from reality that other organisms don't deal with. We we can check out of the immediate. So this is one of the interesting challenges that I think we're up against. The dissociation death spiral is a real concern for my for me. It's a bigger problem I think than nukes and climate. That is the the capacity because we can't even deal with those kind of major problems unless we are grounded in reality and it's just getting easier and easier to unground, to check out I never thought like with cell phones in classrooms. Dysfunctional it can be for us, for us mentally, just, just based on language. <laughs> wow. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I, I, I love language. It's my favorite uh, plaything. I, I, I love it. Uh, irony is, Irony is possible because of language. Animals can't get ironic to nearly the degree because right. they can't mark things and then reverse things. You need you need you need language to do it. But um, yeah, we've lasted as a species. We've lasted three minutes in uh, if you if you scrunch the universe's history down to one year, <laughs> we're three minutes. We're three. It's 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 nothing. Um, and there's no reason to assume that this has. Uh, that that yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a right, survivable yeah. enhancement um uh, yeah I, and so so an example would be i bet that climate crisis and climate crisis denial has happened mm. multiple times in the universe before that is it's very likely that an organism that's a late bloomer would find fossil fuels in one form or another uh started using them up and use them up like there's no tomorrow because they have the power of language. That one definition of intelligent life form would be that it has language. That's how I think of it. And so, no, I, I just another we're just another example of that. And yeah, we are really close to being able to survive it. That is, we have the wherewithal to survive it, but we have this extremely distracting thing called language. That makes it so our chances of managing the technology yeah. wow. are, are a little low. Um, Jeremy, I have one last question, if that's uh, fine with you. I wanted to ask about... Um, okay. Um, so does our modern technology make us less human? That's 
my argument here to say, if we're trying to strive, that's what makes us human. And then technology is taking away all kinds of effort on our part. And then we're just doing things. Um, you, would you say so? Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and so technology, certainly, and language, certainly. The two of them enable us to act, to engage in a kind of robo-envy. So think about, think about the people who claim enlightenment. I once was lost, but now I'm found. That is, I have seen mm-hmm. the light. Think about Plato's cave uh-huh. or the red pill, blue pill concept. Um, uh, the, the natural tendency would be to claim that you've seen the light through language. You've got some concept. Uh, and it's pat. You you you've seen the you've had the last epiphany you'll ever need. Uh, you basically left Plato's cave, or you've taken the red pill. I think there's no surer sign that someone's <laughs> taken the blue pill than their claim that they've taken the red pill. That is that is the that is exactly anybody who claims they've seen the they've seen reality. That's my def, That's my generation of woke. Is that that is you set aside the loaded political use of the term. That's exactly what it means, and that's exactly there has never been a more woke movement in the United States than Trumpism. That is, they've seen the light, they're done thinking, they're learned now, they have all the answers, they're the umpires. Um, and yes, technology's into that very well because they can sell their scornography at anybody who disagrees with them. And once again, you could do this for anything. Communists did it, it doesn't matter what you're claiming you the light is you've seen. So one of the interesting things for me is that mm-hmm. if you think back to Plato's cave, you, you know that story, right? The basic, basic. Let me, yeah, let me. In, uh, in case your listeners don't know, it, it basically Plato is imagining <laughs> the Matrix. He's saying we're all uh, we're all looking at delusions, and some heroic guy like Neo escapes the cave where they're showing him delusions, and he's blinded by the light, and he becomes the philosopher king. Well, that is exactly, that is the perfect metaphor for waking up. Um, the funny thing about waking up is that <laughs> I wake up every morning. I did just a few hours ago. I'm sleepy the night, the next <laughs> night. I mean, it's not like I've, I've woken up for life. Uh, that would be insomnia. I wouldn't like it. No. So, but the problem, so, so, um, so the, I, what, what is a healthier attitude is if you have been deceived, and you see the light, the light mm. you should see is that you are deceivable, that you can be fooled. It's not like you, you know, you, <laughs> I call it, I once was lost, but now I'm blind. You know, it's, <laughs> and that's, and that's a more popular move than I once was lost and apparently I can be lost. So yes, we are become, and part of that is this idea of robe, uh, what I call robo envy. That is, that some idea reprogrammed me, and now I am not human. I am superhuman. That's just the, one of the most <laughs> delicious, tempting ways to become an asshole um, around. It's just, it, it's just, it's, it's. Chef's kiss. <laughs> what do you think, Said? Um, I just wanted, if it's possible, and like very briefly, um, do you have an example of a, a current example of a philosopher king? Oh, okay. no, I, so I don't believe in philosopher kings. Okay. I mean, I believe in checks and balances uh, for a fundamental reason. That is, I don't, I, it's, it, it, 
it yeah. shows up. It's it's a recursion problem again. So Remember, we're talking about recursion. Who governs the governor? Is a yeah. So so the, I do not think that there is. I mean, yes. I think there are better leaders and worse leaders, but I think that they are operating mm. at best in check in systems of checks and balances. I okay. think of myself as a system of checks and balances. I am I, a living being is a system of checks and balances. So you could say balance checks, things that are keeping each other from runaway effects. But the philosopher King idea is somehow that someone reaches a position where they are officially wise and no longer need to be in any way checked by anything external because they've actually got what it is. It's very attractive to followers and to people who claim themselves philosopher kings. And no, I don't think that's how it works. I don't, I don't think anybody figures it out that way. Well, uh, and I don't trust it. Interesting conversation. Thank I'm you enlightened. so much for coming on the podcast. Yes. We've talked about assholes. We've talked about yes. this life. How to Thank you for having people, me. People, how to avoid gaslighting. Yes. Uh, hope people... <laughs> exactly. And how to, how to accept that there's gaslighting I everywhere as well. Learned right? just as much as we did from this yes. podcast. And this is how we sign out. Actually, before we sign out, Jeremy, where can people find you? Um, it's easy. Uh, <laughs> it, it, there's way too much of me on uh, on the web. So I've got a thousand articles with Psychology Today. Um, some of them called uh, under the title Jerkology. Yeah. Uh, uh, why some people tick like time bombs. Uh, what makes some people tick like time bombs? Ambigamy, which is insights for the deeply romantic and deeply wary. I've got a I've got a YouTube channel, um, which is where I'm focusing these days mostly, is making short videos. Um, uh, yeah, if you look up my name, you'll find way too much of me. And there's also a kind of an overview of my my cradle to grave middle life midlife spread uh, at JeremySherman.com. JeremySherman.com so is also the podcast. Way to find. Guys, you know how we exit. Cover the All right. Out of here. Thanks for having me, you guys.